Welcome back to the Max Out Show, where I'm on a mission to help you unleash your full potential. Today's guest is none other than Dr. Stephen Mosley, a physician, nutritionist, and trained chef that helps people tune up their brain and heart. Stephen Mosley is also a best-selling author and the creator of the number one health program for public television in the United States, 30 Days to Younger Heart. So naturally, we'll take a deep dive into this episode into what it really takes to tune up your brain and heart, what foods to eat, which foods to avoid, how to make fasting work, and most importantly, how to finally stick to that diet. So let's dive right in. Delighted to be with you. Super excited to have you. And I have to admit, it's really a personal sort of <laughs> thing for, for me to have you on because I'm really curious about, about two things I really wanted to learn about and also our listeners to learn about. One is um, preventing and possibly even reversing memory loss as we age. And the other one is yes. improving cognitive function at any age, whether you're you know, 20 or whether you're 70. And so I'm super excited to dive into those topics. But before we do that, can you share with our listeners a little bit about your background? Because you actually started as a cardiologist and then shifted into oh. studying and helping people learn to train their brain. So can you share with us a little bit about that? Well, I am a physician. I'm also a nutritionist and I'm a trained chef. So it's an unusual combination. For Years sure. ago, I was doing research with the American Heart Association on how to help prevent and reverse heart disease. And I had studies I was doing. And I realized what really people needed most was information on what to eat. Yeah. So, and my patients, when I was doing in these studies, if I really wanted to make a difference, they needed recipes. So I decided to go ahead and get my nutrition degree and go back to chef school <laughs> so I could write delicious recipes that were easy to make that would nourish their heart, brain, and soul. And it's, it really transformed and changed my career. You absolutely love that. And you know, I have to admit, up until a couple months ago, I didn't really care about, you know, nutrition because, you know, I was growing up, you know, I was a student and, and like so many students are listening to this podcast. I didn't really care about nutrition. You know, I wasn't getting fat or anything. Right. So I was like, Hey, I mean, as long as I'm alive, right, everything is fine. <laughs> But the reality is, is not. And so can you share with us a little bit about what's actually going on, you know, when we don't nourish our bodies and our brains the right way and how that's going to impact us later in life? Well, one is energy. But, I mean, you mentioned about brain function. And we know when people eat a junk food breakfast, they decrease their brain processing speed. It's like you just turn down the speed on your computer and you go to work. It doesn't work as fast. So... When you make the right choices, your brain speed actually improves. You get more work done. You get more productive. You feel better. It's even good for your romantic life, sex life. So, I mean, the choices you make have a – most people don't realize they have an enormous impact on their quality of life and their life – not just their lifespan, but how they feel every day. Yeah, that's so important. And you definitely seem full of energy. So you're, you're definitely applying this, this stuff, I think. <laughs> but so, so can you share with us a little bit? Because, you know, I've, I've realized in, in my own grandparents now, they're in their late 70s, and I've, I've slowly started to, to see this decline in, you know, memory. They always, you know, struggle with, like, you know, following conversations. They struggle to, you know, find the keys again and that kind of stuff. And it's not bad yet, but I'm starting to see the first signs. And so I've really gotten curious. So what happens as we age in the brain that, you know, basically creates this, this memory loss and this, this slowing down really of the computer speed of our brains. Well, every day we lose brain cells. 
and that that's like losing you know gigabytes of processing speed on a computer so we're we're, we're it's, and we can accelerate or slow that process one of the easiest ways to decrease your brain function and kill off brain cells is by eating sugar <laughs> or flour which acts just like sugar in our bloodstream so when when you have a blood sugar spike you actually surprisingly this is the irony when your blood sugar jumps up, your brain cells turn off and they go dark and they stop functioning. Um, it's, it's an inappropriate response to that, but it's how the brain actually works. So when you have a blood sugar spike, you have decreased brain processing speed. Your brain becomes unable to use that energy when it's overloaded. It's like if you put too much fuel into an engine and you shut it off. That's because, you know, for the last several hundred thousand years, humans have never had really too much sugar at one time. That just never really occurred. You know, maybe one day in two one years. One lucky day you that, find a honey uh, thing, but. Yeah, that honey, you got a honey pile of bees hives and you, you know, you got stung all over and you gorged on it. But that doesn't happen very often. So we've never been, the body wasn't designed that way. But now it's so easy to just go out and stuff yourself with sugar and flour and to turn your brain off, but you don't just decrease your processing speed at that moment. If that persists and you do it regularly over time, you start killing off brain cells and your brain literally shrinks. So realizing that if you don't have the right lifestyle, you're shrinking your brain in an accelerated rate and that's really bad. Wow, that is so that is powerful so because powerful. so many people that talk about it, they get so caught up in you know, genetics and intelligence and you know, how to, the way that you're born, right? But what, what yeah. you're really saying here is that like, actually your daily choices of how you're eating, right? how you're feeding your body and brain actually impact so much of our cognitive energy and capabilities, right? And that is, that is so powerful. And you've already well, shared- I would give the, I'd, I'd give the genetics 10% of it. Yeah. Wow. 10%? Your daily choices are the other 90%. So they're like, you know, 10 times more powerful. Wow. That's so important. So you shared one, one big risk factor, right? Sugar and, and really, you know, constant feeding that that's honestly what I did for, for many, many years of my life. And, and I know it's really bad. Um, so what are some other things that, that you see people do some other risk factors that you see people engage in that, that could really, you know, ruin someone's brain and brain cells? Well, we need nutrients. There's specific nutrients your brain doesn't survive without. And we've always usually got them in the past, but somehow today, many people are nutrient deficient. And if you have specific deficiencies like for B12 or magnesium or these long chain omega-3s, that's like fish oil or seaweed sort marine sources, your brain cells, again, they die and then your brain shrinks. So there's you know sugar, number one, there's nutrients, number two. Um, there are toxins in the environment that are really hard on our brain. Uh, things like um, mercury you can get from tuna, nitrosamines that we get from bologna and bacon and sandwich meats. Those processed meats have nitrosamines that are literally brain toxins. So there's many toxins. Um, so there's several factors. There's at least, you know, I'd say five. Um, you know, exercise and activity being another one. Those are the big factors that we really can control and have an enormous impact on how well we feel and how well we function. Yeah, that definitely sounds like the standard American diet of, of donuts and bacon in the morning. <laughs> Isn't the right thing to do then, is it? 
Well, donuts never. Yeah, you know, <laughs> right. if it's your birthday, who cares? You know, the goal is to be in good enough health so you can live it up once in a while and it doesn't matter. But yeah, a donut a day is really a rapid demise. But bacon, I mean, you could get nitrosamine-free pasture-raised bacon, but that's not what 95% is being sold. So you yeah, can not find you clean bacon, but think of 95% of it as being covered with brain-damaging, cancer-causing toxins. Yeah, wow, that's, that's really so incredible to know, right? Because most of us don't really think about oftentimes how we, you know, what kind of food we actually put in our bodies, right? And, and I mean, most people think about, oh, as long as I'm not getting fat, then everything's all right, but it's not, right? So I think that's so important. And so what do you tell people, you know, young, we have a lot of young athletes, a lot of students listening to this. So what do you tell those, you know, young people that won't really see those, you know, memory losses really until like three or four decades maybe from now? What do you tell them to, to already focus on today? Like, is there already a reason to, to already prevent this? Like, wherever, whatever age you're on. Well, I like your, you know, talking about young athletes because wouldn't, who wouldn't want better performance, right? Sure. So yeah. if you're athletically inclined or even sexuality requires <laughs> athletic performance too. So if you're interested in either athletes or sex. So everyone. <laughs> you need circulation. And, yeah. you know, so it, just like you can decrease your brain function, we can shut off your artery supply to your brain your heart, your muscles, and even, you know, the genitals. So um, it really has an immediate impact. The foods we eat, you can shut off 20% of your blood supply to your muscles and your precious parts of your body. Um, Just with the wrong meal choice, 20% drop in circulation. So for, you know, guys, that has a huge impact. For women, too, it's not just men. Men and women are both, you know, from a sexual perspective, impacted by circulation for sexual function. But athletic for function, it's, you know, a 5-10% boost. I mean, that's huge to a serious athlete. But I'm talking 20% improvement by making the right meal choice for sports performance and energy and how you feel. So it's really quite tremendous. Yeah, that's absolutely incredible. And kind, of, kind of shocking, to be honest, because, you know, I was running, uh, you know, in college, collegiate athlete, uh, NCAA, and, and like me and my team, it was just crappy food, basically, right? Like we, we train our asses off, right? <laughs> and then, then we, we go and we have, you know, a bunch of donuts and, and chocolate, right? Because we're like, you know what? Like we train so hard, we can we burn all those calories, we can eat that, right? But what you're really saying is we could have improved our performance so much yeah. But just, just maybe picking that salad or maybe picking, you know. You mean your coach or the trainers didn't mention what, or you just didn't listen? There's uh, <laughs> probably the not so listening so much part. <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid, I'm afraid that, that was it. And that actually brings us to the next point, which is like, once you even know what you're supposed to do, how do you actually do the things you're supposed to do, right? Um, so, I mean, I know you've worked with thousands and thousands of people and really making those changes. So have you noticed any patterns around, you know, what helps people actually make changes that last over the long run and not just, you know, stick to a new diet for a week and then quit? Yeah, that's, and that is so common. I mean, you're, you're describing something that's really important that so many people, the majority, not some, most people, when they try a diet, they'll drop off shortly. And part of it is because they don't feel any better. Mm. You know, and if you can, you know, go on a one week weight loss and try to lose five pounds in a week, but if you feel terrible, you're not going to stick with it. So number one, when you try one of these things, you should feel fantastic. (laughs) 
you should sleep better, have more energy, get more work down, be better at sex, be better at sports. All across the board, if you're following a program that's right, you're going to feel better. And that, that gives you feedback that you want to stick with it. Most people, when they feel fantastic, and they'd forgotten how bad they felt is the truth. You know, they kind of gradually, you know, got worse and worse and worse yeah. and been in this funk and they kind of forgot what feeling fantastic was like. But when you get it back, okay, that's pretty amazing. So that's really, I think the most important thing for people to realize if you're trying to program within a week or two, you should really feel dramatically better. And then that's going to give you a ton of incentive to stick with it. You know, I absolutely love that because so many people, so many times when I see people, you know, go on these diets, right? It's these horrible things that just make them suffer, right? They make them miserable, right? And they're just kind yes. of like dreading every single day, right? They don't have energy. They're kind of like, oh my gosh, another day, right? But, but obviously like that, you can't stick to a diet, right? If you're not actually yeah. enjoying it. And so I love that focus on just creating the energy actually. To I mean, enjoy the life number more. one, yeah, the number one diet I would recommend is a Mediterranean diet. You know, it's more vegetable, fruit, beans and nuts, seafood, some poultry, some organic dairy. You get red wine, use olive oil, use lots of spices and herbs. The food's fantastic, and it's easy to stick with. Who yeah. minds? No one minds eating delicious food. Oh, no. <laughs> the main thing that's out is processed food that's like, you know, donuts and cakes and sandwich meats you know those are that's not real food that's not something you like you can buy and pick off a tree yeah. or a plant or you know even protein you know wild unadulterated you know something that didn't come from a feedlot where it was felt chemicals and hormones so we're talking clean real food that tastes fantastic yeah, that's, that's, the that's the theme of a Mediterranean diet. Unprocessed, wonderful, fantastic tasting food. Your meals are delicious. That has the number one, you know, the U.S. World Report rates it as the number one diet for health reasons, but also because it's the easiest diet to stick with long term. And I think you've made that point about trying something you hate is ridiculous. <laughs> I, I totally agree with you. No, I absolutely love that. Love yeah, it. totally agree that like you have to do something that you love. And so we already touched upon a system that works, right? A diet that works. And that's part of the better brain solution. So can you share with us a little bit more about this, you know, sort of four step, four pillar process of how we can really take our brains to the next level? Well, one is the right food and it's really real food. So like Mediterranean food that we would think of, you know, Vegetable and fruits should be half of our plate. Beans and nuts, we add also clean protein and olive oil for, you know, a healthy fat, extra virgin olive oil and lots of spices and herbs. So that's the step one is the food part. Two is the nutrient part. We really need to meet those nutrient needs. They're critical. So, you know, that everyone needs a good quality multivitamin. I mean, the key nutrients are the B vitamins like folate and B12, magnesium, vitamin D, um, the algae, fish-based, you know, marine fats. Those are all, those are essential and we can't be without them. Three is activity. The number one, you know, probably the number one predictor of losing weight and keeping it off is being active. And it makes you feel better. It makes your brain faster. I mean, on the research from our clinic, we showed that people who increase their 
physical aerobic activity and strength training, both. It's aerobic and strength training had a dramatic improvement with brain processing speed. And then the toxins I mentioned, you know, avoiding toxins. So all, all of those are essential components of optimizing your performance, your lifespan, your brain function, preventing heart disease. I mean, all of it goes together. Yeah, love that. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing that. So a couple of things I want to dive a little bit deeper in. So over the last couple of weeks now, I've been trying intermittent fasting, right? So, you know, having breakfast at 6 a.m., then you yes. know, having lunch at 12, and then the rest of the day fasting. What's your take on that? Not just for, you know, sense of sort of losing weight, but also for creating more energy on a daily basis. Well, usually if you're going to fast, you're going to try to go at least 12 up to 15 hours without eating. You know, that's, that's the partial intermittent fast where you're, um, you're going to start producing some ketones. You're going to change your body physiology. I find the easiest way to do that is to eat your last meal at nine and not eat again until late the next morning yeah. or noon. You're eating at breakfast and noon, and then when would you eat next after that? At what time? Yeah, that, that's a big struggle because it's the next <laughs> next morning. <laughs> I'd find going from you noon think to 6 a.m., hmm. I'd find that you could do it. It would work, but I, I think physiologically it's and socially hmm. it's a lot easier. Yeah, that's, that's a <laughs> at 9 o'clock at night. You just get water after that. And you don't, and you can have water the next morning. You could even have tea or coffee, but you can't put anything, you know, sugar or milk in it. Mm. And you don't eat anything till at least, you know, 9 a.m. would be 12 hours and noon would be 15. And that would give you a little ketone. It would help boost your metabolism. I mean, and, and the, the evidence, here's the really good news. You can do that twice a week and get almost as much benefit as from doing it every day. Really? So a part. So when we say partial intermittent fasting, that means you don't do it every day. You do it partially, part of the time. So you get a big benefit from two or three days a week of a twelve to fifteen hour fast. Wow, that's so interesting because I've been really trying. You know, every single day, like you mentioned, yeah, the you know hard. not doing the dinner part is very antisocial. Because <laughs> especially now, you know, Christmas markets here in, in Switzerland are coming up, and it's like all this delicious yeah. food. <laughs> so, no, so that definitely try. sounds like. I've got to make the switch. 10 p.m. till nothing until 10 a.m. noon the next day. And do it two or three days a week. Mm. I mean, some people clearly feel better, so they want to do it every day because they, they'll feel physiologically, they have more energy, they have better function, that somehow that fast really does it for them. I would say most people, though, don't feel better. They don't feel worse. Um, and if it doesn't work for you, I would say there's probably 10 to 20% of people who they, they just crash with that and it doesn't work for them. Well, don't do it. Yeah. As I said before, if there's something that makes you feel bad, that's probably not right. So I, with my program, I encourage people to try partial intermittent fasting two to three days a week. See if it, if it does, if they feel so much better, they could do it all the time, but they don't have to. Absolutely love that. Now you mentioned physical exercise before and the, all the benefits that we have for the brain. So is there a point where we can do too much exercise, right? I feel, I feel like I'm more on the other spectrum, right? Where like <laughs> when I'm just doing too much, you know, training every day, sometimes twice a day. Is there such a thing as doing too much for our brain? Well, Max, that's a good point because you can overdo it. You can beat yourself up. I mean, you can put yourself into oxidative stress. So it's, it's a little complicated, but I think you'll get it pretty straight easily. 
when you think of what's your maximum workout ability, 100% where you're flat out, if I was to run you on a treadmill, and I do this in my clinic for t over tw you know 20 years, we would do fitness testing. So we'd have someone run on a treadmill that got steeper and steeper and faster and faster. And eventually they couldn't talk in two <laughs> short phrases. You know, I'd say, can you say, um, I like the treadmill, but this is too hard. And when you can't say that, we're done. We don't go till you fall and collapse. You're, yeah. you're finished. That's 100% of your effort. Most people, if they do 100% of their effort and they try to continue it, they're going to get oxidative stress. They're frying themselves. They're like rusting on the inside. And you feel exhausted afterwards. So most people can work out at 80 to 90% of max, and they do fine. But I think your point is some people totally overdo it. They overexert themselves for a prolonged period of time. They push themselves up, and they're exhausted afterwards. They collapse. They may even feel nauseated. Well, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> no, that's not beneficial. <laughs> yeah. So anaerobic training means you might push yourself for one minute. You've heard of intervals, you know, first training, where you go really hard for a minute, and then you go easy for a minute, and you go hard, and you go easy, and you do five to ten cycles. But you're not really ever pushing yourself more than one or two minutes in that maximum part. Love it. That's, that's such, such a good point, I think, yeah. So you can, so I love interval training, burst training, but I would not have someone do the maximum innervation, intervention more than one to two minutes, five, 10 times maximum. You do more than that and you've just fried yourself and there's no health benefit to being fried. Yeah, that does definitely happen way too many times in my life. <laughs> That's just, just overdone it. So, so I definitely know the struggle of, of really getting into a stress, right? And just being fried, like you said, after workouts. So definitely understand that. Now you already mentioned stress before, right? And toxins and all these negative things that we do to really put ourselves down. So can you show us a little bit about how, you know, the impact of cortisol and, you know, what we really need to do to manage stress in our lives? Well, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, Max, stress can really accelerate the aging process. And, and when your cortisol spikes high, you know, that's fine if you're short-term trying to elude a predator or a burglar or deal with the crisis at work. You know, that gets us all wired up and we, you know, stay hyper-functioning. But when you're in that high cortisol stage, you're losing bone mass, you're losing muscle mass, your brain is shrinking, your blood sugar is high. You don't want to stay there. Yeah. So prolonged stress, unmanaged stress is what kills us. Little bits of short-term stress gives us challenge and purpose. I love that. But, if, but the key is not, having, not avoiding stress. It's managing it. So how do you manage the stress in your life so you don't have long, sustained, high cortisol levels? That's the key. So that means we need to do like get enough sleep and a daily workout and not abuse caffeine and alcohol. They physiologically fry us. And, and meditation really helps charge your batteries. There's no doubt about um, having some peace and calm time each day can really help us manage and handle our stress without getting the cortisol surge because cortisol is the hormone that breaks our body apart for fuel, but you don't want to break your body apart 24-7. Yeah, I love that. So you mentioned some, some really important things here like exercise, like getting enough sleep. What are some other non-negotiables for you personally in your own life that you just have to do is these rituals, these habits that you have to do every day to really feel at your best? 
Well, when I see enough sleep, I'm talking at least probably from 90% of people sat, you know, seven to eight hours. There are maybe five, possibly 10% of people who get by with less sleep, but they're pretty rare. Most people need a minimum seven hours of good quality sleep or they don't, they don't function well. And it's, they're burning the candle at both ends. Um, you know, a daily workout really helps you. People know they feel more calm and relaxed after a workout. For sure. You know, sure. Um, food, nutrients. When we're really nutrient deprived, we're stressed. So it's, you know, eating, so eating healthy food, getting a good night's sleep, having a workout, and then some piece of, to me, it doesn't have to be like yoga and meditation, but it could. Yoga and meditation are awesome for us, but at least my bare minimum is 10 minutes of utter peace and calm. Could just be watching the sunset, getting a massage, um, you know, reading a book to a baby to go to sleep. It, everyone, it's something different. What, what makes you feel, you know, peaceful and happy inside? We all need that at least 10 minutes a day. It, and, you know, uh, even sex is a great way of causing relaxation and calming. <laughs> People are gonna be happy about that. <laughs> Well, oxytocin, you make oxytocin and your cortisol levels plummet after sex, but even a hug goes, you know, has an impact. So warm, tenderness, not just sick, not just sexual acts, but just any kind of tenderness, cuddling, a hug, all those kind of things, add them all up. And we need to have more of that in our lives to add that oxytocin effect, the calming effect in our lives to make us feel better. Love it. So many good ideas. Now, I would really want to shift gears a little bit because one of the things I ask every single guest is about a personal failure that sort of acted as a catapult to success. So, do you have a favorite failure in your life that really helped you actually develop yourself better afterwards? There was a point I got burned out. You know, I overdid it. I didn't try managing my stress. And then I couldn't function for I was burnt. I. I couldn't think clearly, I couldn't function. And so, yeah, I've had a point in my life where I burned the candle at both ends, I got fried, and then I got burned out. And so I think most people have experienced that. They may not want to admit it, but it's a pretty common thing today where we're just, you know, we don't get enough sleep, we don't take care of ourselves, we think, I'm, I'm invincible, I can get through this month, right? I just push through and then we break. So I, it just doesn't make any sense to me anymore. I'm not willing to stay up all night and skip meals and skip my workout. I just won't do it anymore. Yeah, <laughs> no, absolutely. So important. I think um, to really take care of yourself, right? Because I think oftentimes that's a struggle, right? We think we need to be so busy, right? Always do stuff, always be on and be like Superman or Superwoman. But the fact of, of the matter is we can't be, right? Like we, there, there are natural limits. And so sometimes, like you say, like taking rest, taking a step back, I think is so important. Now, what brings you personally, you know, outside of work, what brings you the most happiness? You know, for me, part of it has been just making a difference in people's lives. I mean, I can't, I've had so many times people have said, I'd forgotten how great I could feel. I just totally wow. forgot. Wow. I felt crappy every day and I thought that was how everybody felt. <laughs> so when someone actually says to me, thank you for giving me my life back. Wow. 
That, that is, that's like, wow, that's like so meaningful. And I've, and I've been very lucky to help hundreds, maybe thousands of people in that regard. So that's probably my number one motivation is making a difference. And just once in a while, I get this amazing feedback on what a difference it made. And it's not, it wasn't like I asked them to, you know, climb a mountain. Yeah. You know, I just tried to get them to focus on just eat the right food, have some fun, you know, get enough sleep, get a workout, do the things that make you feel good and be consistent at it. And it's extraordinary how big a difference that can make. Yeah, I love that because that, I think that's really the, the key takeaway here, which is like all of the things that we're talking about here, they're easily implementable in your life, right? And actually make you feel great from the start. So you don't have to wait two months until you lose that weight or whatever, or like three years until finally things kick in. It actually starts happening from the beginning when you start that diet or when you start working out, even just you know five minutes a day, whatever you can do. That's such an important insight. Now, we talked about a lot of different strategies, a lot of different techniques and tools today. Um, if you could give our listeners one piece of homework, one thing they should start doing from today to really change their, their brain and, and heart health, what would that be? Well, number one would be not to wait. Not to wait. I mean, Love that. <laughs> because, I mean, let's look at human nature. We procrastinate. We wait till the car is broken to yeah. get it fixed. We keep using all this stuff until we have a problem. But your body, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> By the time it breaks, it may not come back. By the time you have a heart attack, you're in heart failure. When your brain goes, it doesn't come back. It's shrunk. So my biggest issue would be don't wait to feel better. Just start today. Start, just decide I could follow a Mediterranean eating plan. I could start eating real food, vegetable fruit, beans and nuts, seafood, seafood, okay, organic poultry, my protein, you know, I'm going to use more olive oil, herbs and spice. I could eat more, you know, food of that type. I could, I could give up the processed food is what it really means. I could stop eating packaged food immediately and I would feel dramatically better immediately as well. Love that. Now, before I ask my final question, what's your favorite way to connect with listeners on your own? Favorite website, social media platforms, whatever it it's, is. It's my, my website, com. M-A-S-L-E-Y. You know, I usually, I rotate and put up different gifts for people to sign up on the website. And I've got a, I send out a blog and recipes a couple times a month. So I try to send out, you know, fascinating health tips and, you know, cool recipes regularly through my website and blog. Fantastic. Going to link to that then. Now, final question, what does mental mastery mean to you? It's the best, it's being the best we can be. It's, you know, pushing our, it's fulfilling our destiny, our full capacity. It's making a difference. That's, that's what it means to me. All right, guys, that's it for today. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you gained some valuable ideas, tips, tools, tricks, mindsets, belief systems that will hopefully inspire you to take your life to the next level. At the end of the day, guys, it's all about application. The only thing that's gonna set you apart tomorrow from where you are today is how much action you take with those ideas that you gained. And so I really wanna challenge you at this point to you know, not just listen to this passively, to not just consume this you know, passively, just thinking about other things, but to really take those lessons, take those ideas that you just gained and start applying them to your life. So to really start taking action and sprinting towards those goals and those dreams that you have in your life. 
Now, guys, at this point, I want to ask you for a huge favor. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider heading over to iTunes and leaving a review as that helps me really grow the show and reach more people, impact even more people around the world. You know, if you have a family member, friend, a loved one maybe that you think could benefit from this content, please consider, you know, sharing it with them, forwarding to them as that helps us really build a community of like-minded people that are all about maxing out their lives. Now, guys, with that being said, thanks so much for tuning in today. I really, really appreciate it. Stay strong and see you tomorrow.